You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Nailed it. Thanks. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 167 and 168 of reading slash talking through the Bible. You are currently engaged, if you're listening to this, to the oral tradition. Mm. One of the oldest and greatest traditions known to man, sitting around talking about the story talking about our God and how he interacts with our stories, and now how we interact with his. We pass it to one another through sharing our experiences, through sharing the story, and, uh, and our personalities kind of slip through at times, too. So, glad you're here. Mm. Mm. And if you're sitting around telling stories, you got to have a guitar. So, yeah. uh, but, you know, I figure by episode whatever we're on now, I, I would explain why we have the guitar. <laughs> Probably should have done this episode one. But you always got to have a guitar around the campfire while you're swapping stories. All right, here we go. Our Old Testament reading for today is 1 Kings chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 15. Mm. Mm. New twist. New, new book. book. Oh. <laughs> new twist, new book, new hook. Here we go. What is going on mm. with the kingdom of Israel? Wow. I feel like I'm like an early 2000s Disney show right now. <laughs> Let me bring it down a notch. I know if you've been listening for the thousand days, we gotta make it interesting. This is new to you. So usually we sound like NPR, and now we sound like I don't know Morning D Shock Jock. So it's because we're in a new book. It's exciting. Yeah. First Kings. David is still alive. He's old and cold. He's old and cold, baby. And what I like about David getting old and cold is he's been an amazing leader, and yes. he's one of the leaders that they finally kind of tell. He's united the kingdom of God in the territory of God. He's a warrior. He's a man after God's own heart. But even he will succumb to the curse of the earth, which is death. Yes. So he's aging. He's old and cold. And they assign to him... Yeah. What's her name? Abishag. Abishag. Uh, and, and a Shunammite. And... She's basically his electric blanket. Yes. We know she's old. She's a hot water bottle. Yeah. I mean, really, it's like they assigned this girl, uh, this woman, to be, yeah, a cuddle, uh, a snuggle blanket for him. Yeah. He's old and he's cold. And so the Bible makes it clear, too. It's like he did not know her. Yes. Okay? This is not a concubine. Mm-hmm. This is like a nurse assigned mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. And this is actually like a common practice among like royalty or people who could afford this is right. this was like a common um, medical. That's what we. I mean, this is what we do now too mm-hmm. with the elderly parents and things. So, like at first you read it and you're like, well, "That's a little weird," and it really kind of is a little weird, but because you're within royalty. But yeah, it comes back to be a point of contention and mm-hmm. all the um, the palace intrigue. Yeah. So Man, so much palace intrigue. While this is going on, I know there's always something. While David is cuddling. Um, and dying, his son after Absalom. So like he's so, got uh, son number three. I thought Absalom. Well, oh officially, no, it's yeah. son number four, four. Sorry. So yeah, so there is a there was a second son, Cheliab, who was. Uh, do you remember? Oh no, I forget. And Abigail was it Abigail? I think so. Yeah. Yes, a wife of Nabal, who was great. Um, she had a son called Cheliab, but we don't hear anything about him. He was right. the second son, so we it's assumed he's dead. Mm-hmm. And so now we have Adonijah, who is the next in line, because all the sons above him are now dead. And so he's like, I'm next in line. Was it Amnon? Who, he, yes. Amnon died because Amnon, of Absalom. Absalom killed Absalom him. Absalom is killed by Joab. Joab. 
And now it's... And Shelly, we think, died somewhere in between. Yeah. And now you got Adonijah. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about Adonijah is he, he's deciding, Dad's old, he's getting ready to die. Any moment, we got to keep the kingdom going because yeah. you can't have a power vacuum. And Joab and some of David's Joab cabinet. and Abiathar, the priest. And yep. Abiathar was the guy who was on the run with David right. from Saul. But that's I, what I realized reading this. They go with Adonijah because they're thinking this is normal. This, this is, is the what, logical successor. And remember, Israel wanted a king like the nations. Mm-hmm. And this is what all the nations do. It's like the yeah. next oldest. And even back in Judges, we you know people mm-hmm. knew this. What's his name knew this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't need another A name thrown in the mix today. We got enough. Um, <laughs> so stop right there. I'm going to stop you. Abimelech. No, another A. <laughs> Amnon, Absalom, Adonijah, Abimelech, Abner, little Abner. Um, anyway, so... He decides to become king, mm-hmm. but apparently, apparently, David had made some kind of promise to Bathsheba. Yeah, and and I think it was even through um, Nathan mm-hmm. that the Lord, it, it was made clear in 2 Samuel, the Lord loved Solomon and that he was with him. And so uh, Zadok, uh, Benaniah, which is one of the lead mighty warriors of the 30 and the 3, and uh, Nathan, and then two other guys who are part of the Mighty Men, uh, were not with Adonijah because they all knew the throne goes to Solomon. Right. Like, so through the Lord, it goes to Solomon. And some of those guys knew it. Well, every, there, so there's always the camp of, like, the super spiritual. Mm-hmm. Okay, just because God provided it to, you know, we all know that Bathsheba, mm-hmm. David killed her husband. Like, really, mm-hmm. is it going to go through him? Yeah. And so, or we do it right. And right. so you, the camp split up like they often do, and now it's just up to the story. So here's the story. Here's how it, it all shakes out. Mm-hmm. Nathan says to Bathsheba, "Yeah, why don't you go in to David and, and remind him of the promise you made? Mm-hmm. As you're telling him, I'll go in and remind him. So he'll hear it twice, that Ad- Adonijah, without any authority, is setting up a kingdom. They're feasting right now. Mm-hmm. He has Joab. And all you really got to do, by the end of this, we see that all you have to do to get David on your side is to say, I think Joab's over there. And David's like, That's, okay, okay, everything, all right, let's, what do we got to do? Because um, we, I mean, by the end of this, you find out David really has disdain for Joab, yeah. who's been with him all these years, been his general, had his right hand. Anyway, so it works. Long story short, it works. David's like, whoa, we can't allow this. Mm-hmm. So then he still has... His prophet, priest, and general. Now mm-hmm. he's using Benaniah. Is Benaniah the dude who got in the snowy pit? Uh, that's a good question. I think I thought Benaniah definitely is one of the warriors. Yeah, he is. I can't remember. So he now is like the new Joab, and then you yeah. st- you still have Nathan. He is. You have Nathan, and you have uh, Zadok. Zadok. Yeah. And so David's like, look, you guys are still legitimate part of my cabinet. Mm-hmm. So he sets him up and says, let's do all the things to make Solomon mm-hmm. the king. And so David pretty much then assigns, and I think it's cool that um, that Bathsheba now is like in this queenly position. Like yeah. I think she was just one of a line of wives. Oh, yeah. But now that her son is king, going to be king, yeah. um, she becomes, oh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead now. First what happens is let's get all the things in order. Get the mule, 
you know, anoint them, have the proper guys make the anointing, get the trumpets, mm-hmm. praise his name, long live Solomon, and then put him on the throne. So they do it right. Like Adonijah kind of just takes a shortcut and says, we're going to have a feast, and mm-hmm. I announce myself. Whereas uh, it's officially coming from David. And, and it's being done through a priest and a prophet. Prophet, priest, and the king. And the, and king. the existing king. Yeah. So, and, and this is what Jesus is, our prophet, mm-hmm. priest, and king. And then you'll notice like the thing about riding in on a mule. Jesus rides in on a mule. Mm-hmm. He receives praise as he's going to take his throne. He's anointed at his baptism. Like you can, you can see the way that a king takes his throne. Jesus makes all those stops. Yes. And that's how I'm looking at this. This is very much about what does the king of Israel look like? Mm-hmm. How does it happen? He's assigned by God. So everything kind of goes, everybody freaks out, right? So Adonijah's camp gets totally scared. Yes. They hear about it, and Adonijah runs to the altar. Can you explain? So he's holding the horns of the altar, right? Yes. What is this altar again? Remind us. So this... It should have been a really safe place, right? So, yeah. So as far as we know, the tabernacle uh, is actually... The tabernacle proper is still in Shiloh. It never moved. But the... uh, Ark of the Covenant and the altar moved to Jerusalem. And David set up another tent around the altar and the Ark of the Covenant. And so Adonijah is running to the Ark or the altar that's set up for sacrifice, and he's grabbing onto the horns where you would hold, prop the animals up to um, gut them. For mercy. So he's saying, have mercy on me. So he's having mercy, and it's like, uh, it's. Kind of like running to the um, areas of the refuge. cities of refuge. Yeah, yeah. And so he's just going to the altar and saying, like, have mercy on me. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't tried to take it by force. So just right. have mercy on me. And that is the difference between him and Absalom. Apparently, mm-hmm. they're both good looking guys, easy to follow mm-hmm. and look at. But he doesn't do it by um, force. So he goes to this place. And what this tells me is that they're still understanding that the Ark of the Covenant and yes. these places set up, mm-hmm. there's mercy from God. Like, they understand the idea of sacrifice, mm-hmm. giving them forgiveness. But I'm also realizing that because there is no temple, there's no central place, and even the tabernacles kind of, mm-hmm. they've been allowed to create all sorts of high places. Yes. And I was going to ask you about that later, but I'll ask you now. When they say high places, it's like a mix, right? Because these mm-hmm. also are where you worship God and maybe do sacrifices. Mm-hmm. It's not always to Baal. It's not always to Baal. So but it's a they're, confused they're time. they're following the practices of the people before them who would sacrifice their gods and do their right. rituals on these high places. On these high places. So it's confused. It it's a confused. syncretistic kind mm-hmm. of confusion. Okay, that's helpful. So anyway, uh, Adonijah knows he's probably going to die because he made a play for the throne. But Solomon says, nah, let him go. Yeah, he, um, Adonijah asks for Solomon to protect him. Right. And then um, Solomon is, again, he's super, like, he's smart. Like, he is, he's, like, trying to figure this all out. And so he does say, like, he doesn't just promise. He doesn't make a, he doesn't swear. He just says. a blind oath. He says, if he will show himself a worthy man. Not one of his hairs will fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So he just is saying, like, cool, man. If you continue to support me and back me, then you are fine. And I will protect you. Guess what happens? Wickedness, a hair falls because the first thing Adonijah does is make a really silly play. 
Yes. He goes to Queen Bathsheba now because well, she's... Well, okay, wait, 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 wait. Oh. Before we get there. Before we get there. Oh, he, tell, he talks to Solomon. David has a sit-down with yeah. Solomon. Yeah. And basically, this is where we start to get like kind of like the inner... Maybe shady dealings. Like I don't know how I feel it's about politics. this. It's, it's, it's politics. It's a very political, very ruthless way to to keep your power. And so David is at the end of his life. There's some loose ends that he, yes. as the king, was like, "I'm not going to kill these guys because I don't want the blood, their blood, to be on my hands." And I've made some promises, so I'm not going to do this. But Solomon, for you to secure your throne. You need to get rid of some... You need a clean house. You need to clean up some house, some things that I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. But first he says, show yourself a man Mm -hmm. by following the Lord. You need to walk in his ways with all Mm -hmm. your heart and all your soul and all your mind and strength. So like he gives, he passes on to Solomon. You have to be a man after God's heart. But then you see like in chapter, is it chapter two, verse five, you see some some things that are unresolved Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit like, oh man, he, David says... You know Joab, the son of Zariah, what he did to me. Mm-hmm. How he dealt with two commanders of the armies of Israel, Abner, the son of Ner, and Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he killed, avenging in time of peace for blood that had been shed in war and putting blood of war on the belt around his waist and on the sandals of his feet. David is still upset about this because he's, um, when he killed those guys, it was during a peacetime mm-hmm. and it reflects on David. Mm-hmm. So like... it. It puts uh, the guilt of this murder on David and then suspect in his reign, like, are you Mm going to kill me in Mm -hmm. the time of peace? And so he's still very upset with Joab, but but didn't kill Joab, knew he needed Joab. Yeah. So now he says, uh, you're going to take care of it, Yeah. uh, Solomon. Here's a to-do list. Basically, it's a to-do list. Yeah. And so the to-do list is uh, take care of Joab, take care of some other enemies. We'll see. Yeah, so it's Joab. He says, uh, uh, stay true to... Barzillai? I always want to call yeah. him Barzali. Barzali. Yeah. Where's the cannoli? Yeah, exactly. But he's like, remember that guy helped me in my time of need right. when Absalom attacked me? Uh, be good to him. Also, look after Shimei, the Benjamite who like cursed me on my way out. Yeah, when he's going out, that little guy. Like I had, I promised not to kill him, but make like, it's time to put the screws yeah. to him. Which uh, is another. It'll come after the story, but it's a mm-hmm. great story about. Um, do they tell that before or after the Adonijah Now, debacle? this is, uh, yeah, it's after. Okay. So we go to <clears throat> um, David now passes. Right. He sleeps with his fathers in the city of David. And like there's a, like, a quick summation of his reign. And now Solomon is like, it's time to execute He has everything. to establish himself as mm-hmm. king. Just because, you know, when the son takes over, the enemy still think it's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. They have to test who is the son. Yes. And so Solomon has to uh, be aware of that. And so the first thing that happens <laughs> is Adonijah lets a hair fall to the ground, as they say, by going to Queen Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Yes. Because now she's the position of power. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can talk to him. Can you get me Abishag? Yeah, now that dad's dead. David's hot water bottle woman? yeah. yeah. Like his nurse, basically his nurse. I would like her as a wife. Can I have her as a wife? And Bathsheba like doesn't quite get it. I think Bathsheba sees the brothers and like mm-hmm. a mom. She's like, yeah, I'll ask. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think she's, or maybe she knows this will kill him. But I think she's like, 
in my mind, I feel like she wants the boys to get along and not fight over the inheritance. Yeah. And so she thinks it's a small request. Yeah. So when she asks Solomon, Solomon's like, dude, are you trying to give the whole kingdom to him right now? Right. Because as we know at this point, taking any concubine or any wife of the previous king or is... Con- yeah, connected to the king. ...is a power play. Yes. It's to say, this is mine. Mm-hmm. And so um, the fact that he asked that, Solomon goes, oh, you still have power a power play in your mind. Mm-hmm. Like At a minimum, you want the, the country... To think you still have power. Yes. Which is not Or forming. some form of authority. Uh, some form, yeah. So you must die. So then the scene is he goes to the altar. And no, then, no. This is, he just has, he just sends Benaniah. Oh, uh, Benaniah goes. He's like, hey, go kill, go kill my brother. Then, who comes next? Shammai uh, or, or Joab? So then Abiathar is the priest. Oh, yeah. Who sided with Adonijah. Big mistake. <clears throat> he, now this is interesting. He was a descendant of Eli. And so um, Solomon takes him aside and says, hey, uh, for all the good that you did for my father and supporting him when he was on the run from Saul, I'm going to honor you, and but you are not going to be a priest anymore. Yeah. You're going to go back. You're going to go uh, back to your hometown. You're going to stay there. And you are not going to serve as a priest anymore. Do you realize how cool this is? We're getting, like, of all the stories, we never really get, like, here's what happened after. It's kind of a nice summation. Like, Mm -hmm. because the United Kingdom, we're getting, like, the stories now, and here's what happened to David's cabinet and the Mm -hmm. people, and it all kind of, it's over. Yeah, so this kind of fulfills the arc of Eli and the prophecy against Eli that... Uh, there wouldn't be a priest in yeah. the house of Eli anymore. So, so it's done peaceably. <clears throat> so it's so Abiathar is now removed from the priesthood, and now from now on, it's all through the line of Zadok. Okay. Then you get to uh, Joab, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, they say again, Joab is responsible for the two, the three A's: Abner, Amasa, and Absalom. Now, Abner and Amasa are legitimate beefs. Yes. That David has, because yes. he was working out a deal, and uh, and Joab got in the middle of it and screwed it up. Mm-hmm. Absalom, David's son, you know, was just a defiant, disobedient move by Joab that David is, like, maybe personally resenting. It yes. says Solomon. But it was also technically in a time of war. Right. And so, like... It wasn't a, necessarily sinful. It was just it was, against him. him. Yes. Yeah. So... Joab must die. Joab goes to the altar and says... So, yeah, I think after hearing that Adonijah was killed, yeah. I think Joab's like, ooh, uh, I'm next. I'm next. So he goes to the altar, tries to do the same thing that Adonijah did, and he's hanging on to the... He never lets go. He never lets go. And and uh, I think it's Benaniah, or some yeah. of the guards are like, hey, Joab's there. What do we do? He's, he's on the altar. We can't kill him. Solomon's like, I don't care. And Solomon's like, uh, yeah, he's not innocent. So yeah. if you remember, the city of refuge right. was, manslaughter. was for manslaughter, for accidental murder. Right. He intentionally murdered two men. And so he does, not get, he does not get the city of refuge. He does not get that and he was protection. Really, people like, <clears throat> rewarded him for that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Good job, man. So... So he actually goes in, has his guards go in, grabs him, pulls him off the altar, and kills him. So, okay. Uh, For time's sake, yeah. unless there's something I'm missing, then we get to, then he says, you got to deal with Shimei, 
because Shimei is the guy who cursed me on the way out, and there's like a spirit of that. So go deal with him, but don't kill him. Basically mm-hmm. put him on house arrest. Say you can't leave, you can't go to the other side of the Jordan. Yeah. You got an ankle bracelet on. And for three years, Shimei's like, cool, thank you, Solomon. But mm-hmm. then goes and chases his servants. Like Servants run away, so he's probably kind of a jerk. I don't know. His servants are running away from him. He goes, it's found out, and he says to him, quite honestly, like, you left. And Shimei's like, do whatever you got to do. So now his, um, his kingdom, it says, at the end of all this. So these are like three, four major <clears throat> things that have mm-hmm. to get tied. David didn't want to be the guy to kill these people. Yeah. Didn't have the right, the authority. But Solomon must. Solomon does. His kingdom is now established. established. So my thought, though, is I was reflecting on how amazing it is that when Jesus takes the throne, mm-hmm. think about it. When Jesus takes the throne, he doesn't tie up loose ends and have to bring death or any mm-hmm. of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead, what he does is he offers forgiveness because he walks through death. So when he sits on the throne, he's like, you all were trying to kill me. Yeah. You all were trying to overthrow my house. And you did. You all were making a power play. Mm-hmm. You were all even taking my clothes. Like, in any other kingdom on the earth, you are on a threat list. Mm-hmm. You are not going to be able to move freely in my kingdom based on your <clears> actions <throat> before I got into office. Mm-hmm. And what is amazing about Jesus is he takes the throne, he says, Father, forgive them, and he invites them all. He says, I give you offered forgiveness. I invite you to be in my cabinet, to be on my team and announce my, my, my kingdom and to live with me. So I don't know. Like, I think all of this is listed. It's gross and dirty. I know people are going, well, the people in the Bible are bad. Right. It's all to highlight how mm-hmm. different our King Jesus is. And when you look at Jesus, there are no multiple wives. There are no high places. Mm-hmm. There are no deaths. There is no revenge. It's all mercy and love and grace. Praise Jesus, our King. So now you see the good part of Solomon mm-hmm. very quickly because we'll spend more time in it. But God says, what do you want to do? What do you want? Yeah, so he, <clears throat> he's praying to God. He, he's, he loves the Lord at this moment, and he's praying, and the Lord shows up to him and asks him, what do you want? And Solomon's like, I want to do a good job. Right. I want the wisdom and the understanding to know how to lead your people Right. Correctly. And so God loves that request. Mm-hmm. Says, man, you know why God loves the request of wisdom to be able to govern his people? Mm-hmm. Because God loves people. He loves mm-hmm. his people. And he's like, man, anybody who's going to ask for wisdom to be able to give the word of God, to give justice, to give mercy, to give faith, to lead, I will bless you. And so he ends up saying to Solomon, you know what? You didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for a defeat over your enemies. You didn't ask for long life, but you're going to get all of it. Mm-hmm. So, And then also, I do. I am recognizing the term now for wisdom and understanding right. is the to be able to discern between good and evil, hmm. which is the <clears throat> meat that I think Paul talks about in the New Testament, where he's like, once you go past, like once you get off the milk, like the basic theology, right. like the meat of it is to be able to discern what's good and what's wrong. Re- that's interesting, yeah, because that seems to elude many of us, even in, mm-hmm. especially in Christianity, even. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what's good or bad sometimes. So, thank you for King Jesus, who has all wisdom. And that's the, the heart of Jesus, right? He's, he's discerning what's good and bad for us from a place of power, authority, love, and mercy. Mm-hmm. Woo! All that's right. a good one. That's a good one.
that's good news. Let's go to the good news in uh, the New Testament. Where our, are we? Our New Testament reading for today is Acts chapter 10, verse 23 through chapter 12, verse 19. So um, I realized today yes. how big we, this, I've undervalued this section in the past. Because mm-hmm. we, we got yesterday the conversion of Saul to Paul, right? That this dramatic, con- sure. yes. wasn't that last day's reading? <clears throat> yes, he gets and converted, yes. Gets converted. Well, listen to what I'm saying before you judge me. Sorry. Jeez. I'm not just some Adonijah guy here, man. Okay? <laughs> so back off, Zadok. See, now if you're listening, you're starting to enter into high-level biblical humor. We get to use these, these stories as jokes. But, um, so we're in chapter 10, yeah. and I know we're into Peter, but... We had Paul's conversion, huge. It's going to set mm-hmm. a whole new trajectory of somebody who is a ravenous wolf to destroy an angel of death becomes an angel of light. Now we get the Peter story, and we already introduced his meetup with Cornelius, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a huge event. You realize it's huge because it's going to be repeated. What happened to him in the other day? We were talking about the vision of yes. the food. Yes, He has to repeat it because this is a monumental shift, mm-hmm. huge shift. So he goes to Cornelius, and the shift is the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit. The Gentiles are called to this. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we fully understand how divided the Jewish from the Gentiles were. You know what I mean? Like, I think we get, I get the impression, like, oh, they interacted in cities, and, you know, they lived amongst each other, and it's like how we would interact today with people who are different. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, hardcore. No, yeah. It was, you do not eat. With Gentiles, you don't go into their home. They are unclean, and you are clean, and you can't mix these two. So yeah. when Dave, when Paul gets the, Paul, when Peter gets this vision, it is a huge, like Moses level shift. Mm-hmm. So first thing that happens is goes to Cornelius, and Cornelius does something that is natural. He bows down to Peter. Yeah, starts to worship him, and unlike. Uh, Unlike the spirit that shows up to uh, Saul, Saul, Peter does not receive worship. No. He says, get up. What are you doing? I'm a man too, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then tells them, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. Like, mm-hmm. this is against all of our laws. Yes. And then God has a way of saying through these people, you know what, Peter? Don't call what is uh, common. What's the phrase? Don't call what I've called clean common. Yes. And so Peter learns something, they learn something, because the Holy Spirit decides to show up as Peter's preaching. So Peter says, look, Jesus did good works. He died, he was killed, but he rose from the dead. He showed to us, and now we're telling you it's not a secret. And everybody who calls on the name of Jesus will be forgiven, and Mm -hmm. there'll be peace between you and God. And then the Holy Spirit always accompanies the Word of God. So as the Word of God is preached, the Holy Spirit shows up, and in this case, in a powerful, tangible way... Mm -hmm. And what Peter gets out of it is confirmation that, oh, oh boy, the Gentiles, like this is shocking to him. Mm -hmm. Because up until this point, they're only going to Jews. Right. Which is funny because Christianity is a Jewish thing, right? Mm -hmm. Now we think it's like against the Jews. But no, it's like only Jews were being saved Mm -hmm. in the first who knows how many months. Right. I mean, Antioch is already years because Antioch's already a center. Mm -hmm. and, uh, And it's the Jews and so uh, Peter skips the ritual of 
conversion. Like, so in the old way, you have to get circumcised. Yeah. You have to go through these rites to become a God-fearing Jew. Mm-hmm. And Peter, this is why it's so huge to me. Peter skips. He preaches. The Holy Spirit fills them. And then he baptizes them. Mm. Yes. I mean, we go straight to baptism. This mm-hmm. changes everything. And that's why in chapter 11, uh, I mean, this is literally changing Moses, you know? Yes. But that's, but the, the reason they allow it, and not everybody does, they're mad because you're changing um, the law. Yeah. But you remember Jesus came to fulfill the law, and Jesus can add to Moses. He is the better Moses, and he is the one through his blood he changes all these rituals. He says, look, we don't need to do that stuff anymore. That was very useful, but here we are. And now we go, little boys, little girls, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free people. You are marked by the waters of baptism, mm-hmm. cleansing, no longer by blood. We're done with blood. We're done with cutting <clears throat> a flesh, mm-hmm. like circumcision. And now we're about marking God's people with baptism. Right. So this is such a big event that in chapter 11, a meeting is called. A meeting is called because the party of the circumcision. So, I mean, that's good to remember, too. Like after after Huge, the resurrection, like awesome. yeah. you have a bunch of Jews getting saved. Mm-hmm. So the Jews don't, aren't going to throw away the Old Testament, and they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But they have to figure out how to, what was the purpose of those rituals. Right. And so now Jesus is accomplishing those same purposes, but now with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when Peter goes back, he has to answer to these guys. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say like, shut up, the party of circumcision, you're stupid. He's like, no, I know. Let me tell you the whole exact same story. Yeah. So he tells the exact same story because, and Luke writes it down because um, you have to hear it from the foremost of the apostles to believe it. Mm -hmm. Because naturally it's like, oh, we got to use the Old Testament and the New Testament in the same way. And so you got to hear it from Peter say, no, no, no. God can clean people, and what God calls clean, we can't call common. We can't separate anymore. Right. And that same spirit... See, here's the, here's the um, proof. The spirit that filled Saul, right? The spirit that fills David, the spirit that fills the prophets and the priests for special things, the spirit that was given to create the tabernacle, this spirit that has been given like very specifically at times for purposes, not generally to everybody, Peter's saying he's poured it out on even Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So like you have to think, that's huge. And so they do. They get it. They're like, are you serious? The same spirit that was reserved <clears throat> for the prophets and kings is now on Gentiles? Mm-hmm. How much more on us? And then he goes, yeah. And God has granted repentance that leads to life so that even Gentiles can repent and be assured that they're forgiven. It's not just the Jews anymore. It's not exclusive. And... The center for all this is shifting to Antioch. Yeah. By the end. Sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. I'm kind of I got kind of excited about this reading it because I don't think we realize how big this Cornelius moment is. Right. I mean, this is why we're in it. Mm-hmm. And the faithfulness of Peter and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit to say, Gentiles, man, we're ritually unclean. Mm-hmm. We don't eat right. We don't live right. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so then what's cool is you see. God's intention for the church. I'm bringing in Gentiles, but not as second-class citizens. They are legitimate right. body of Christ. And so they're called Christians. This is where we first get the idea of Christians in this passage. In Antioch. In yeah. Antioch. 
And then the first thing that happens is there's like a word of knowledge, right? From Agabus. It says there's a famine coming. Oh, yeah. And the response is, hey, new center of Christianity, Antioch. Mm -hmm. We got to take care of, let's send some relief to our brothers and sisters in Judea. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, I don't want to underplay that because the new Gentiles who up to this point, and you know things don't just Mm -hmm. shift. It's not like all of a sudden like, racist white people are friends with black people or, or upset black people are friends with, you know, it takes time just like with Paul right. when he shifts. So, but the first assignment really we see is to help with this transition of Jew and Gentile working together and breaking down the natural hatred because of all that goes into it is you're going to send relief to the people in, in Judea mm-hmm. because they are part of the body of Christ. I don't know. I love it. I mm-hmm. think like, and that's why I love the church because for as messed up and as much as we're working through, it's the body of Christ and we have the same spirit and we're empowered to love God and love each other. And so send relief. I know you guys are new to this, like welcome to the, the club. Now take care of our initial Jews. Mm-hmm. What? But you guys have always, you know, I mean, how many people were like, I don't want to give to them, but that's where you got to, um, you got to be worn down by the Holy Spirit, overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, and you become a new person. You're a new creation. It's very cool. And again, it's like this is the kingdom of Christ. Mm-hmm. Much different than the kingdom that Solomon inherits, you know? Sorry, I just... Thanks for letting me talk. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, it was also during this time that Barnabas, who was kind Man. of heading up the Antioch section... He goes to Tarsus and gets Saul out of his little uh, study time. Yeah. And says, hey, man, I want you to work with me. And so he and Saul were working with the Christians in Antioch. And then when it came time to send food and resources to uh, the Jews, Barnabas and Saul gather everything. And they're the ones who take it back to Jerusalem. Yeah. So you got... Barnabas is stepping up as mm-hmm. not like an official original apostle, mm-hmm. but as a really important disciple of Christ. And, uh, and he's kind of handling Saul. It's pr- pretty great. Are they calling him Paul at this point? Uh, no, he's, he's still Saul, I think, at this point. But uh, I think eventually they change his name to Paul because he's working with so many Gentiles that yeah. Paul is actually more of a uh, Greek name. Nice. And that's why they just start calling him Paul, because he's working with the Gentiles so much. Uh, and then, real quick, we have one last little story. Oh, I only went to 11.30. Yeah. Well, how did I miss that? I don't know. I think you're wrong. Well, maybe. Uh, I think today's reading only goes to uh, 11.30. Okay. Can we fight on, on live on the broadcast? This is how Christians fight. Okay. Matt's going to double check his work, and then I'll be embarrassed... Twelve nineteen. Um, that's weird. Day one sixty eight. Twelve nineteen. Okay, I'm wrong. So, I think your computer's wrong. Cool. It might be. All right. Uh, so we have like a Herod. We have a come back to Herod Agrippa, who, for reasons unknown, decides to um, lay violent hands on some of those who belong to the church. And so he ends up killing James, one of the sons of thunder. He then also uh, arrests Peter, 
And it's, again, he arrests Peter right around the same time. It's right around the same time. Uh, it's probably like a year later, at least, uh, where it's during the Passover. And during the Passover, again, it's a very tense political time. And so if you have people running around saying, there's another king, there's a better king, yeah, uh, people get um, concerned and frustrated and insecure. So well, that's like, what we were just reading about. That was Solomon. Like, yeah, so, a good king would take care of anybody who even sneezes in that direction. Yeah, so James and Peter are clearly leaders of this movement. So James gets killed. Peter gets arrested, and he holds him for the Passover during the same time that Jesus was arrested. And uh, he has him under, like, crazy guard. Like, because... This is not the first time Peter and some of the disciples have broken out of, <laughs> out right. of prison. Right. So he has him, like, guarded. There's, like, several guards outside of his jail cell. And then in the jail cell, he is chained to two other guards. And so he is under lock and key. And the night before Herod is going to bring Peter out and address him and probably sentence him to death, an angel walks through into the jail, pick, uh, wakes Peter up from sleeping. It's the middle of the night. And the chains fall off Peter's wrists. He picks Peter up, walks him through, opens the actual jail cell door, the locked door. He just opens it and leads him out through the jail into the gate and leads him to uh, like one of the streets of the yeah. city. And now Peter is all of a sudden... And he's thinking the whole time, Peter's kind of thinking like, oh, this is like a vision from God. Like, right. okay, cool. Um, maybe I'll see some cool stuff. But then the angel departs and he's like, oh, I'm really on the street out here. Like, get on. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes to where they're all hanging out. And I love Rhoda. She's so great. Rhoda, it's like a, a, sit girl. It's yeah. like a sitcom. Yeah. She runs to the door, sees Peter, and then runs back and tells everyone Peter's at the door, they say she's crazy, and yeah. then she realizes, oh, I haven't let him in. So you, <laughs> when you read this, you got to think of that yakety sax. Yeah. She's running back and forth, like, what, what? Because um, it's, this is like a, a mini, in my mind, it's always like mm -hmm. a mini exodus. Mm -hmm. There's an angel involved. You're going to walk out. You're going to walk through something that should be death. Yes. Certain death, certain capture, Absolutely no question. It was 100% God mm -hmm. freed Peter. Mm -hmm. And then so he goes back. There's no little disturbance among the soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, he actually ends up going into hiding for a bit. Yeah, this is different than early on. Yeah. So like early on, they could go back to the synagogue yeah. and talk. Because this is, again, Jewish people. Yeah. And so the, the leadership cares about what the people think. Yeah. Herod, when you're dealing with Herod, he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care what the Jewish community... He only cares about what Rome thinks. Mm -hmm. And so um, Peter's smarter on this one. I mean, he, he knows the situation. So he's, he hides. He hides, and then Herod looks for him, can't find mm -hmm. him. He uh, interrogates his sentries, and then finally it's just like, you know what? You guys are dead for this. Yeah, and, and kills them. Kills all the guards that were guarding Peter. Again, and these are not uh, Jewish. Mm -hmm. These are just Roman guards. But it's interesting. We'll see it play out. I guess now we're finished, right? Yes. Again, there's like stories of another Herod. Another, you know, I mean, like 
we're seeing the persecution has kind of going cyclically and ramping mm-hmm. up because um, Jesus is actually a king. This and is the same Herod that interrogated Jesus. That's amazing. Well, but in light of uh, First, Second Samuel and Kings, mm-hmm. think yes. about like how serious is it that we say Jesus is king? It's so serious that it, it only produces persecution from those who reign on earth. You know what I mean? Unless you're God's king and you have a relationship with him, you have to kill. This is why Christians are persecuted. Mm -hmm. You have to silence people who are questioning your authority and going above you. You are the authority. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they kill and this this continues to go on. That's why Jesus says, as long as you're under me, they hated me first, they're going to hate you, but I haven't left you alone. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight with you. And you just watch what I can do. I can open up jail doors. I can soften hard hearts I can give uh, change hearts of stone to hearts of flesh cool so today I'm going to switch it up I'm going to go Proverbs I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 15 1 through 9 ooh I should do different music then okay go ahead okay a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger the tongue of the wise commends knowledge but the mouth of fools pour out folly The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness, but the perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous there is much treasure, but trouble befalls the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of the fools. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who pursues righteousness. Boom! You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.